Welcome to the FBCLB podcast, where you'll find the preaching of Dave Delaney, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Long Beach. Thanks for listening. And we entitled the conversation tonight, A Prayer from an Old Saint. A Prayer from an Old Saint. The world is getting old, and we don't like it. In fact, you could argue that's one of the reasons why we resort to all these different technologies and media uses. Man, it, it gives us just for a little while an opportunity, man, to pretend like that's not, the where, that's not where we're living. That's not the world that we're living in. And so our aim this evening is to think about as we age, which, which all of us are and will be, so as we age, is God getting the glory from our lives? Are we aging in a way that makes God look good, that makes God look valuable, that makes God look treasured above all? Are we aging in a way that God is seen through our aging as our all-satisfying treasure? Or are we just aging and going along with the flow and the culture and the world, doing things socially or, or culturally or, or relationally just in line with what the world says? Or are we, are we going against that? So it would certainly include that we would strive to live our lives in a way that God calls us to live our lives. To live our lives with the priorities that God calls us to live our lives with. And then live our lives in a way that causes God to be seen as exceedingly great. Because truly our God is. So three ideas tonight, and then we'll get out of here. Here's the first one. Older people, biblically, older people are to be prized. Older people are to be prized. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Leviticus chapter number 19. Leviticus chapter number 19 this evening for our time together. Leviticus 19 and then verse number 32. Leviticus 19 and then verse number 32. Found it? Leviticus 19. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, right? Leviticus 19, verse number 32. Once you found your place, let's stand together. Let's read this verse, stretch our legs one last time, and then we'll jump into our work here this evening. Leviticus 19, verse number 32. And thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord. So here's what he said. Thou shalt rise up before those who are gray-headed. You will honor them, honor the face of the old man. You will honor them. And in so doing, you prove that the fear of the Lord is in your heart, prevalent in your life, and that he is your Lord. That's the last phrase. I am the Lord. So thou shalt rise up before those who are gray-headed, and you should show honor to the face of an old man. And in doing these things, you prove that you fear the Lord, and you prove that God is your God. Our Heavenly Father, use your word this evening in our lives, and in Jesus' name we pray. And all the church said together, amen. The images that he gives us in Leviticus 19 are tokens of respect. They're, they're demonstrations of honor from someone who is younger toward someone who is older. 
And it's a token of honor. It's a demonstration of respect simply because they are older. So, so simply because they've lived longer and their hair is gray, you should show these sorts of demonstrations or signs of respect. Simply because they have aged, you should show them honor based on the age that they have. God has granted to them long life, and simply and only... Because God has granted to them long life, you show that you fear God by honoring men and women who God has granted longer life to. Now, that's a very important point to make. Because this is, this obliterates the idea of the generation gap. Right? The, the, here's what the text says. The text says, younger people should not stride arrogantly or presumptuously or carelessly into the presence of someone who is older as if we were crossing no kind of generational gap. He says, when you come into the presence of someone who is older, who has lived longer, you should do so carefully, you should do so respectfully, you should do, show, you should do so showing honor. Why? Only because they are older. If for no other reason than simply because God has granted to them long life and you should show them honor because of the long life that they have lived. So it's three subpoints then under this. It's first, this is simply a sign of respect. That's what he, that's the images that he uses. You should rise up. You should literally stand up. When someone who is older than you approaches you, that's what he just said. So, so rise up when someone who is older than you approaches you to have a conversation with you. When they are before you or coming towards you or talking with you, you should stand and engage them in a conversation. So he's talking about a respectful posture. That's what he's saying. He's talking about respectful forms of address. You should honor the old man. He's saying you should honor the face of the old man. You should use very respectful forms of address. How many of you remember when it used to be you never referred to someone older than you by their first name? How many of you remember those days, right? Even if that person said you could, right? Even if they're like, don't call me Mr. So-and-so, that's my dad. Just call me Bill, right? And you're like, well, no, because if my mom hears me call you that, I'm done for, right? And it was, if it were, it was always, okay, well, fine, it's, 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 the, it's Mr. Bill and then also the last name, right? It was all of them always put together. This is exactly what God is calling to his people in Leviticus to do. Show, show respectful deference when you are sitting, when you are standing, in your forms of address to them, in your conversation with them, in your posture as it relates to them. Show respectful form in the clothing that you wear around them or in front of them. This is not, this is not simply arbitrary manners that God is asking his people to do. This is the way in which he's asking us to live. Honor the face of the old man and you show that you fear God. Honor the face of the old man and you fear God. And so what he's saying is this isn't just 
etiquette. This isn't just proper etiquette or, or good manners. This is actually an understanding of, of who God is, of the gifts that God has given to the people that he has given them to, and an understanding that you fear that God who has given these good gifts to these dear saints. And the reverse is absolutely true as well. A loss of manners or respect is directly related to our small view of God. And it's, it's because of a foreignness to the idea that you and I should fear God. If God has become your buddy or your BFF, then you can heartily expect that person to stand when an older man or woman enters into the room. So we must learn then to fear the Lord in humility, fear the Lord in trust, and then allow that fear and humility and that trust to show itself by way of respect and honor for people that God has allowed them to live a long time on this earth. That is what I mean when I say older people should be prized. It's a sign of respect, number two, or letter B. It's a show of faith. The way we treat our elders is actually a test of our own faith. And it has very little to do with who they are or what they've done or even the life that they have, except that they have it. And it has everything to do with the reverence that we have for our God. Paul said it this way in 1 Timothy chapter 5, but if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. What is good and acceptable before God? Well, that children and little boys and little girls would learn to show honor to show piety, which is learn their place, and that they would show requite or obedience or deference toward their parents, and you could infer their, even their authorities. And then verse number eight, but if any provide not for his own, and especially those who are of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. This is literally the same conversation. Paul is saying to not do these things is to not have an understanding of a fear of God, of a fear of a holy living God who has all the gifts of life and has granted those gifts to individuals by giving them long life. And so, so the reverse is true, that if we do not show that deference, if we do not show that respect, and if we do not show that honor, then we assume God to be small and petty. In other words, we prize older people, and the way that we prize them is by showing them respect and honor, when you stand in front of an older person, this is the issue. When you stand in front of an older person, here's what you're saying. I want God to be revered in this moment. I want God to be honored in the way that I treat this individual. I want God to receive glory for the life that he has given to them and the long life that he has extended in front of them. Showing older people to be prized is a sign of respect. It's a show of faith. Let her see. It's a simple understanding. So here's where I want to be very practical. Here's where I want to be very practical. 
So, so how do we show signs of respect? And how do we show that we have an understanding of faith and fear of our holy, living, righteous God? Well, let's begin here. That is with proper titles and formal greetings, things like, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, when an older person is talking to you. So, so look right here. All, all the boys and girls teenagers, college students, young adults, look right here, using yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, when an older adult is talking to you. Not, yo, what's up? What's up, my dog? Not proper, not a proper title there. Not, not a proper greeting, not, a, not an understanding of reverence and honor and a sign of respect. Not, yeah, like, like you have rocks in your mouth and you can't actually complete, yeah, right? No, no, an actual use of the proper title Do Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. In fact, all teenagers and kids, stand up. All the teenagers, all boys and girls, stand up and look at, look right here, pastor. All the teenagers and, and boys and girls, stand up, look right here, pastor. Put your coloring sheets down. Look right here at me. We're going to try it. We're going to say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. We're going to say it good, all right? So look here. Let's all say it together. Ready? Let's begin. Yes, sir, no, sir. Man, bringing it strong right there, the bass right there in the front. I like that. Very good. See, you can do it, and it didn't even hurt. Your face didn't crack, and you're still alive. You have proper, proper signs of respect and understanding. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. When you're engaging an older adult, this is right and good. Look at me. And acceptable for you to do. God is well pleased when you do this. You can sit down. Here's the second one. You can sit down. Thank you. Here's the second one. How about this? Thank you. Oh, that's a hard one. Thank you. I love it when my kids say that to me. It makes me feel like I'm winning at life, right? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. When you're given something, thank you. Man, when, 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 you're, when you're given a meal, Thank you. When, when you have a, a, a bed to sleep in, thank you. And when you get a, you get a car ride or taken to a party or given a gift, thank you. When someone gives you a note, thank you. This, is, this, is, this should be in our vernacular as we interact with older adults. It shows that we respect. It shows that we pride. Hear me on this. If it weren't for them... Many of us would not be here. If it were not for them, many of us and the things that we do and the things that we enjoy, we would not be doing and we could not be enjoying. Think of it in just terms of our own church or our own budget. Even our own church or budget would not exist if there were not Older generations before us who bought in and sacrificed and gave for us to have the ability even to meet here. There are older generations of men and women who were planting churches, preaching the gospel, sharing the, the, the gospel with their lost neighbors, being a lighthouse in the middle of the city long before you and I ever showed up. 
And the proper and right response to that may be thank you. We may disagree with some of their suggestions, but we can still say thank you. We, we may disagree with the advice that we were just given, but we can still say thank you. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yeah, thank you. Here's a third one. Here's a third one. Ready for this one? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a, that's a basic understanding of good manners and etiquette and custom as it relates to having a conversation with someone who is older. Here's a, here's a fourth one. Ready for this? Watch me. Look at me, boys and girls, teenagers. Look here. Single, single adults, college students. Look at me. Here, are you ready for this one? Let me take care of that for you. Let me, let me help you carry those books. Let me help you hold the door open so you can get the wheelchair or stroller or whatever it may be out. Let me carry this in for you. Let me help you to your car in a dark parking lot. Let me help you walk across the very busy street. Let me take care of that for you. If this is a proper deference. This is a pop proper sign of respect for toward people who are older, toward people who are uh, more advanced in years than you and I. Man, learning to offer help as they go up and down the steps. Offering your hand, offering your arm so they can have something stable or steady to hold on to. Letting them go first when you get to the doorway at the same time that they do, even though they had a 25-minute head start. Offering to hold the door open for them, waiting for them to go in. If you're going down, look here, if you're going down a busy hallway, it's not ramming your way through so you can hurry up and get to the playground, but stepping to the side so that the older person can make their way down the hallway without any sort of interference. This is the proper sign of respect. These are postures and positions and manners and customs that we ought to be displaying. And when we do display them, we understand and we show by that display of those things, man, that we have a good understanding that God has given to some among us the gift of a long life. Let me give you another one, fifth one. Write it down. Here you go. Ready? Say hello. Say hello. Go out of your way. Listen to me. Go out of your way to find the silver-haired saints in the church and just have a conversation with them. Just ask them how their day went. They'll take it from there. I promise. Say hello. Give them a phone call. Ask them how their day went. Ask them how they enjoyed the church service. Ask them what they did at home. Ask them where they're going next Christmas. They'll tell you all about it. They're already making their plans. Just slow down and engage and ask and, 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 and show interest. You have so much to listen. We all have so much to learn, and there's no one better to learn it from than those who have lived long, good, godly, holy lives in front of us. Moms and dads, encourage your kids with this. When you see an older person in the room, tell your children, go talk to them. Go shake their hand. Go give them a hug. Go tell them hello. Go engage. I don't want to. I'm scared. I don't want to. I'm scared. Go do it. 
Oh, walk, drag him over there. Hello, Mrs. So-and-so. Good to see you. My, my son wanted to say hello. Uh, didn't you want to say hello? And make it, cause it to happen. Our teenagers, our young adults, they do a great job of this in, in our church. They do a wonderful job of this. But this is a good understanding of a, of a fear of God, of a reverence toward him, and an understanding that God is the giver of all good gifts in this life and that he gives to some long life and we should show proper respect and honor to those who are older among us. This is what I mean when I say older people should be prized. Our world says you get to a certain age and this, you're no good anymore to us. We don't find that in the Bible. You'll find that sort of spirit, that sort of attitude shown toward the elderly in the Bible. But listen, older people, look, look at me, older people should be cared for. And that means differently for all of us at different stages, different places of life. Some health issues necessitate more care than others. And I totally understand that point. And I'm not making one specific blanket statement, but what I am saying is to ignore and pretend like they do not exist is not in line with the Christian faith. That we should show care and concern, even if it means rearranging our schedules, even if it means rearranging living conditions, even if it means opening up homes or bedrooms, even if it means providing funds and facilities that can provide the type of nursing care that's required at different seasons of life. Showing that sort of care falls in line with our Christian faith. Older people are to be prized. Number two, we got to go quick. Older people are to be mobilized. Go with me to Psalm 71. I'm going to show you one verse, okay? Psalm 71. We, we, we touched on Psalm 71 about three weeks ago now. So what that tells me is you don't remember what we said. So Psalm 71. Psalm 71 is literally the prayer of an older saint. It is a man who has lived a long life. He's done many good things, and now he's coming to the end of his life, and it's a beautiful psalm. And, and in the psalm, the psalmist is not, he's not just giving eulogy virtues, okay? Here's what I mean by that. He's not at the end of his life regretting all these life choices he's made, all these decisions he's had, all these relationships that have gone astray. And now at the end of his life, he's trying to hurry up and make up for it all so people have something nice to say about him at his funeral. And that's not what he's doing. This is a man who's gone after God. He's pursued God. He's lived for him his whole life. God has been his God. He's been the servant of God. And, and God has proven himself strong and faithful all the way through this chapter. You can read it for homework. It's lots of fun. But we're going to hang out in verse number 18. Look at verse number 18. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until... I have showed strength until this generation and thy power to everyone that has come. Okay, so, so here's the spirit. Here's this man who is old in years and old in age, who has gray hair, and he is pleading with God to sustain him in old age. Why? Why is he asking God to give him longer life? Why is he asking God to give him more strength? Why is he asking God these things? 
Harvard study, Harvard review, Harvard Business Review did a study entitled How to Live Forever. And in the study, here's what they said. Those in middle age and beyond who invest in caring for and developing the next generation are three times as likely to be happy as those who fail to do so. Those in the older generation who don't just live life as a means to an end all of itself, but who live their final days for the good of another generation, impacting them and teaching them and training them and investing in them, I mean, patient with them, that those men and women are three times as likely to be happy as those that don't do that. And you wonder where the stereotype of when somebody gets older, they get grumpier, comes from? Listen to this. As, as we consider Psalm 71, listen to this. At the turn of the century, the average man in America spent 3% of his lifetime in retirement. In this last decade, the average man in America is spending 20% of his lifetime in retirement. Almost two-thirds of all workers retire before the age of 65, and over half of the people, and, and over half of those who are over the age of 75, over the age of 85, report having no physical disabilities at all. So here's what that means. We are retiring sooner, and we are living longer than we have at any other generation, than we have in any other time in the history of the world, and yet we are filling up our time with what? Snaps? YouTube? Facebook? Instagrams? If this is what we're giving it to, this is what we're filling it up with, Fox News, I got you, Mr. Gano, on that one. We're living our lives for all, for what? Just for an end of itself, for the next 30 years to just live out the 20% the of our life and just waste it on, on nothing. Your older people are to be mobilized. Listen to the prayer again. Listen to verse 18. Now, when I am old and gray-headed, oh God, forsake me not until I, until, until I have, look at, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation. This is what God wants for every older person at First Baptist Church. Older people to say, well, my society says that my profession is finished at the age of 65, but my God says my ministry is finished when I die. So between the age of 65 and 95, I am on full time called ministry for God. So here's my question to you. All the older generation, you were really loving point number one when I was telling the teenagers and boys and girls how to treat you. So you got to stay with me on point number two. So here's what I'm asking you. How would you finish verse 18? God, when I'm old and gray-headed, forsake me not. Give me long life until I, you finish it. Till I get that luxury boat. Till I get those gadgets and gizmos. Till I sell my house and buy the condo. Until I have. This, this is what the world says. Live this way. 
and then spend it all on yourself at the very end. And you know where you'll end up? You'll end up miserable and grumpy. That's where you'll end up. You'll end up miserable and grumpy. Until you what? Every, every person in, every Christian has been given gifts by God and called to use those gifts for his honor, for his glory inside of the local church. And I, I base all of that on 1 Peter chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So you can fact check me on that point, okay? But there is no age limitation on when you should use your gifts, and there is no age limitation on that you should be using your gifts for the good. Your ministry changes as you age. Yes, there are different chapters in your life, sure, but your ministry and influence is not over. It's not gone. We are all called to minister, and the more free time we have, the more we should be ministering. So would you finish the verse, when I am old and great-headed, God forsake me not until I have visited every widow in the nursing home and caused them to be my prayer partner. Until I have at least one older person involved in the Wednesday night kids program or kids choir, kids classes on Sunday morning. Until I have painted this old building and repaired these old windows so that we can keep this lighthouse going for God and good. Until I have written every missionary that we support and thank them for their years of service on the field. Until I have formed a, and attended and frequented a, a Bible study group at Providence Garden right across the way. Until abortion is stopped in our city. Until the, until the entire church building and sanctuary is rented, renovated and, and paid for and full of praise. God, when I'm old and gray-headed, forsake me not. Until I do this, what is, what is the this for you? You see, if you are willing to make that prayer to God, God is willing to give you and show you the strength that he has given to you in order to accomplish it. May we add one more thing on this? There is a generation that needs your input there is a generation that needs your influence, not just your insults. Well, when I was a kid, I'll tell you, we never would have done that before. There's a generation that needs your influence, and there's, look, look here, they're sitting all around you. How do we do that? We do it three ways. I'll do, I'll do this quick. Love God passionately. Impress them with truth practically. Like Walk them through the decisions you made. Because look here, where you are in life is not where you have always been in life. And one mistake that we make as we age is we assume that everyone should be where we are. When it took us 30 years to get to where we are. It took us 30 years of putting all the pieces together. And how many of you like me would say, God's still working on me, right? 
And it took it took him this long to give me in. And we it's so easy to look at a younger generation and just go, well, they should be where I am. They should have already made these decisions. They should stop doing all that stuff. But but when you were that age, guess what? You were doing the same stuff. More on that tomorrow. That's gonna be fun. Impress them practically. Number three, give them testimony personally. More than just a lecture, more than just doctrine, more than just a sermon. Look, they just want to hear why you made the decision you made. Well, why are you going after God? Why do you believe the Bible? Why did you accept it? Why do you go to church faithfully? Why do you show up on Monday of family worship nights? They want to know the same simple reason why you made the decision that you made. Number three, last one. Older people are to be evangelized. This is it, and we're done. There's not even any subpoints on this one. See how kind I was to you on this point? Every, every day in our world, 10,000 people turn the age of 60. We are faced with a staggering growth in the older generation. And we must do everything we can to reach them with the gospel. Statistics of when someone accepts the, the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, here's what they read. Between the ages of 4 and 14, 85% of the people who have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior between the ages of 4 and 14. Think of that. It's why our children's ministry is so important. It's why it's so monumental. It's why it's a big thing that we do here every week. It's why I offer pastor's candy line to the boys and girls after church because I want the opportunity to engage them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's why you ought to pray with your children to be saved every night. It's why you ought to have long conversations because 85% of the people who accept Jesus Christ as their Savior did so and do so between the ages of 4 and 14. 10% of the people who accept Christ as their Savior do so between the ages of 15 and 30, and it's far more closer to 15 than it is 30. Which leaves us about 4% of those who trust Christ as their Savior do so after the age of 30. 10,000 people turn 60 every day. And we're barely kicking a dent in reaching them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ must go forward into every generation. It must go forward. It must be proclaimed. It must be shared. It must be given to all generations at all time. We're studying it on Sunday mornings. It's Romans chapter 1. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that is the power of God unto salvation. The best thing you can do for that older person in your neighborhood or your apartment complex or up the street or at your work is share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. 
We must consistently and courageously and consciously share the gospel with all men everywhere. But hear me on this. We cannot, we cannot neglect the older generation as well. I believe we strive to do this in good ways here at First Baptist. We have our senior adult program meet once a month. The Aggies, Miss Aggie in particular, and Brother uh, Miss Johnson do a wonderful job at leading those events. We teach senior adult classes. We have several connection groups for senior adults or eight older adults. Brother Johnson teaches that class in here. It's probably our largest connection group out of all of them, just numerically. We must make conscious decisions to give the gospel to these that are aging quickly. We must give the gospel to everyone that's true. But we can easily fall into the trap of only wanting to share the gospel with the boys and girls, and we should do so, and I'm glad we do so, but we cannot neglect the other generation as well. So here's where we end. We've given you a heart check on the other side. A heart check. Let me, let me tell you how I used this last night. So we, we got home last night, sat around the dinner table. Amanda made, whipped up a couple snacks for everyone. I got, the, I got the heart check sheet out with our kids, and I said, hey, I want, I want to do this together as a family. I just want to talk through these things, and I'll start. One of the questions on the sheet was, in what ways do you envy or show discontent? How many of you remember that question from yesterday's thing? In what ways do you show envy or discontent? Okay, it's like seven people raised their hand just then. It means nobody looked at the sheet, okay? Let's try it again. How many remember that question from yesterday? That's a little bit better. Okay, great. Thank you. So here's, here's, here's what I did. I said, I'll start. I'll start. I said, I'm very content with the family God's given me. I'm, I, don't, I don't find myself very envious looking to other people's families and thinking, oh, I wish I had what they had. I'm very happy with the way God's blessed me, and that's not because of me. That's mainly because that girl right there. I said, I don't, I don't have envy or discontent in that way, but let me tell you where I do struggle with discontent sometimes, just speaking pastorally to my family. I said, this is where I, this is where I struggle with discontent sometimes as a pastor. It's easy for me to walk into a, a Sunday morning service and here are you know, 700 people like we're in church on last Sunday, maybe a little bit more than that. And here's 700 people in church and it's easy for me to go, where were they? 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 And I got five names in my mind of people who weren't at church and how, how easy it is for me to walk out the back door after God allows us to see three people baptized, two people saved, 11 moms and dads line up to dedicate their babies to the Lord. What a great day God gave us on Sunday. And it's easy for me to walk home, sit down at lunch, and have this spirit of discontent. I said, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Gabe, Ethan, Elena, Jesse, that's where I struggle. Sometimes I can be discontent that way. And I find myself not praising the Lord for what he did do. And I find myself complaining about all these people who missed out or weren't there. I said, now, what about you guys? How do you struggle with discontent or envy? Man, we had a great conversation. Lasts about 10 minutes. Amanda closed us in prayer. And then went to bed. That's, that's what this is for. That's what the heart check is for. 
So on your way home tonight, it's 11. It's 8.11. We'll be done at late... 8.15, you can grab dinner so you don't have to make anything on the way home. But before you just put the kids into bed, just go, hey, can we talk about this for a second? And I get it, my kids might be older than yours, but you can engage, you can start that conversation someplace. How are we going to treat grandpa and grandma? How are we going to treat nana and papa? How are we going to treat... Why should we say yes, sir? Remember pastor talked this evening about yes, sir, no, sir. Let's all practice it again. And reiterating that and preaching that and not just not just to them but even doing this to yourself some great questions on here even doing this to yourself being willing to be honest being willing to open your heart being willing to allow God to take his word and examine your heart and see holding yourself up in front of the mirror of God's word and going how am I doing on this and if we were honest on that all of us would say this we could all do a little better couldn't we we can all slow down a little more and be more thoughtful, be more careful, be more discerning, show more respect, show more honor toward those who the Lord has with the gift of life blessed them with long life. Oh, that the older generation in First Baptist Church would be prized, would be mobilized, and would be evangelized for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ and to his glorious name. Let's stand. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. And Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we strive as a local church family, we strive to do well in this. Father, I want to do, I want to lead well in this. I want to lead our church well in this. I want to lead my family well in this. All of the world preaches to those who are older that they are discarded. Their lack of strength, lack of energy causes them to be useless. And nothing could be further from the truth in your word. And while our Life stage may present different challenges. Our ministry and influence and impact can go on and on and on to generations that come behind us.